Before we get into today's episode, we'd just like to chat with you about a few things. First, most of the content on this podcast is our opinion, and we don't really do extensive research before the episodes. Second, you may not agree with our opinion, but that's okay. Friendly reminder that you're choosing to listen to this. You can choose not to agree. We still love you anyways. Now, without further ado, let's fuck small talk. But like, I've always felt like there's a lot of people in this space, but I've never heard of anybody that's just starting out and has a framework. Like obviously, like some of the more established speakers like Tony Robbins and like Gary Vaynerchuk probably have a framework they yeah. go through. But I've never heard of like just somebody who's kind of starting out doing their own thing that actually has like has done the groundwork to have a foundation and like an actual theology behind their work. Yeah. So for me, like, so I don't call myself a coach. Okay. I do coach, but I don't Ooh, call myself fascinating. that. I call myself a facilitator and a speaker and a knowledge sharer because I'm learning as much as everyone else is. Mm. I might be a little ahead of the journey so I can share whatever I've learned with you, but is what I'm le- like, is what I'm teaching gospel? No. Which is why like the framework is not like set in stone for me to be like, this is an all time framework. So like when I present the framework, I say like, hey, there's something I'm working on. It's not final. So if you have feedback, happy to hear it. Totally. So do you want to yeah. give us a quick rundown of like what you kind of envisioned? Of what I'm going to talk about? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. What yeah. are things that like when you finish, you're like, okay, those are the things I really okay, wanted to say. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, okay, the whole concept of what unlearning really means. So, I think when Ooh, we okay. think about like learning, which is great, but I think if you really want to learn to absorb and then learn to like achieve continuous growth, like actually like absorb and then apply it, you have to unlearn so that you're ready for the learning which I don't think most mm. of us do. I think we just go in of like, oh, this is a new experience. I want to go try it this out. Yeah. And then I learn. But then I just learn it for whatever that course is. Or it's like, oh, I learned a new thing, but I don't really now know how to take it. And like, what are the transferable skills of this thing that I can now use in other parts of my life? Or how can I share this in other ways to then like right. grow as an individual? So that would be the one. And then like... <laughs> back it up with a little bit of science I think that would be nice nice. right versus it's just being like a theory um is like the the fight between your limbic system and your frontal cortex right of like why those are science words there you go (laughs) where like how accounting (laughs) shan hey I'm not a science major that's also so I've just researched this so I'm gonna tell it in the most like layman's term terms possible love it that's what I need so yeah the frontal (laughs) cortex is basically your logical brain Okay. okay, it's the part of your brain Mine's that's rational. Huge. And the <laughs> <laughs> well, that then that makes you a sophisticated being, right? <laughs> and then your <laughs> my frontal what cortex. Three, my frontal huge. cortex is like actually massive. <laughs> what are three yeah. things I should know about you? I have a huge, huge frontal cortex. <laughs> massive. Yes. Never seen. But you know what though? That's the best way to weed someone out. Because it's like, you either love that or you don't. If you <laughs> right. love it, it's like, yo, we're besties for life. Yeah, and yeah. if you don't, like, all I right. I feel like the peace. people I date would not appreciate that. It's too, mm. But I date, I tend to date dumb people. Mm. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue with that. <laughs> no now, one can argue with that. Now, if you keep that in for all your future dates. You should keep that yeah, in. Yeah, I, I usually keep most of my dating references. <laughs> I'm pretty open about that. She's stuff. been very open about how she has a type and the type is not good for her. Because no. they're, just, they're just dumb douchebag jocks. Is her yeah. type. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I feel so bad for and you. she's a lovely intellectual. Uh, yeah. And it's just... It's, yeah. But yeah. anyways, back to 
frontal yeah, cortex. So frontal so cortex. What's the other yeah, thing? so yours is huge. We got that. Yeah. And then the limbic system is in, in the middle, basically, of your brain. But that's like the oldest part of your brain. That's your irrational stuff. Ooh. Ooh mine's huge. <laughs> <laughs> mine's tiny. Uh, so like that, it's there's like a tiny, like kidney bean shaped thing in there called the hypothalamus, which is. I know that, that one. one. There wow. you go. Okay. What? Pay attention in science class. Let's go. Um, so that part of the brain is like the part that's responsible for the fight or flight right okay. so for us when we get uncomfortable when we start sweating it's a new situation where we're nervous <laughs> that's the part of your brain that's like on overdrive it's like yo get out of here <laughs> stop it <laughs> you do not want to be doing this Sis, I'm telling right you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like honey we know how this turns out <laughs> like, back out um okay do we want to do the intro? Yeah, okay. I was gonna. I was like letting you do it because like usually I take over for this because usually it's a guest I know. <laughs> this is a Shay's big shining moment. That's your moment man. Okay, so I don't know. Having not done this, how do you usually intro? I me? usually say. <laughs> I usually say. So My moment came and I, I so wasn't ready. Okay, so uh, how do you do it? Uh, I check. usually say. So tell us how you know us or how you oh, met us. Okay. Introduce and, yourself and tell us how you know us. Oh yeah. my god! Well, that's just awkward. No, you know what? I'm going to... Okay. That's when I start with, tell us how you've met us, okay. because then people usually just lead into that story, um, and then we'll, like, say your name at some point in there. Okay, when was the first time? Okay. Well, I mean, I just remember you being an intern yeah. at PepsiCo. Yeah, oh, yeah. intern, and little baby intern of Shay. Yeah, intern. and he just had this bright, shining face, and then... Oh. You were in finance? Yes, you were, of course. That makes sense, because you're in finance <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I'm still there, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know how or why we talked, but we did. I think the first time we <laughs> talked was on that volunteer day at the conservatory. Because they have that volunteer week at, at uh, Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we went out on that, and then that's when we, I think I said hi or something like that, and that was it. Like, we didn't talk much. I, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But then I remember when you were leaving, you came to my desk and we talked for a bit. I don't remember what we talked yeah, about, yeah, but you definitely said something. And then when you came, and <laughs> Some then, words came out of your mouth. It yeah, was weird. Yeah, They were prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so much so that I was in a trance and I didn't remember anything. You like after. when he eventually in two and three years asked me to do a podcast. The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah, that's 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 the most uninteresting story ever. But hey, hey we're here. That's know. not uninteresting. Don't how, sell how your friendship that? short also, like that. That was like the sweetest way to intro how, somebody. You had this how? bright shining face. I was you did like, though. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, you did. You're and just... in a company, because you're in a different department than him, right? Yeah, I'm in marketing. And so in a company of how many? People? I think foods has like 200. 250. 250. Oh, 250. You had a connection because of bright shining face. Look at that. That's not boring at all. This what are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> and I met you, Shed, when I said hello to you as <laughs> yes. you walked into the door today. <laughs> Literally. Yes. I don't even think we shook hands. I feel like okay, we, we need go. to shake hands. Sorry, my now. hands are sweating. So, my hands are sweating too. Go, 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 go. go. Very, <laughs> very clammy holding the mic. Uh, but I'm just curious because I'm going to force this intro. For the brand that you're building, which we will get to, yeah. are you going with like your name as the platform or like you're going to actually? Yeah. So for both of them, it's uh, so two brands. One is Butternut Butternut and the other one's The Great Kind. Both of them have their own names, as I just said. Um, so but like The Great Kind, when I intro it on YouTube, for example, like the intro screen just has with Shin. Like yeah. you'll see that. Mm. But like my name's pretty unique, to be honest. And so I don't feel like I need to build up my name. Like if anyone knows me and you search me anywhere, mm -hmm. Google, YouTube, obviously, or like just LinkedIn anywhere, you will find me and only me in the world. Yeah. Oh. Like even your full name. I've never heard. Exactly. Full name? Shinjini, sir. 
So basically, like, search engine optimized, like, from birth. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Google search you, you results. Thinking about this. Yeah. They're One. Like, yes. Yeah. They were like, this kid's going to be a star. You know? LinkedIn, we're talking. We're talking yeah. social media. Yeah. So I was like, if I build something that has to, like, be recognized, it'll be the brand um, versus my name. Because if you search cool. my name, you'll anyway find the brands. Ooh, I like that yeah. duality. Yeah. Yeah. Just any way you search me, you're going to get to me. Like, exactly. It's great. Yeah. Is this why, like, people in Hollywood make, like, fake names? Fake names. Well, I would think that's more of, like, like that would be, like, hey, Shinjani's too ethnic. So maybe we yeah, need yeah, to yeah. find, like, Samantha. Maybe I'll be Samantha, sir. Something you know? that's not going to get thrown out on a resume right away. It's going to actually slide. Yeah, like Whoopi Goldberg. She's not Jewish, I don't think. Or like Goldberg is not her last name. For some reason, I thought she actually was Jewish. Maybe she she is Jewish. Yo, intern, do you want to fact check that? (laughs) She's staring at me because the intern is me. (laughs) Uh, Just out of curiosity, because... Why is it taking you so long, Ashay? I'm reading it. And the intern's really not good at his job. Yeah. We're thinking of letting him go. So Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen Elaine Johnson. Oh, wow. Not only... Oh, God. I just clicked something. Not only does she... Is she not Jewish? She has no... She lived in Germany, but she has no German or Jewish heritage. Fascinating. Yes. But she changed her name to Goldberg because back in the day, it was like a Jewish world in terms of Hollywood. Fascinating. Loki Hollywood's still Jewish, though. Um, but I'm curious, have people ever told you your name is too ethnic for a brand? Like, because you said that, I was just curious. If um, actually... To be honest, I don't really go by Shinjini uh, a lot. Like, I just go by Shin. Okay. So when, but when I introduce myself for the first time ever, I'll say Shinjini, sir. So I never hear the Jinny, sir part. I only hear Shin, right? So I think Shin is friendly. She's your friend. She's your next door neighbor, you know? Like, <laughs> Shin, we know Shin. Shin, everyday gal. Right, there pal. you go. But, like, Shinjini Sir, yeah, she's got, she's uh, she's an interesting one. I don't even know if I oh, identify I that much. You, like, much. personaed your name. Yeah, I don't even know if I identify that much with Shinjini Sir, to be, that on it, to be honest. Like, I feel like she's, like, my future self. She's, like, this woman. Like, Madame... Like, Madame. She's yeah. She's like she's like here comes Miss Shinjini sir, yes. you know? and then she like walks in with like a gown and like she's got long Fetty, flowy hair. Uh, bombs are on either mm-hmm. side of the stage. Yeah, her or, like, makeup's Tony on Starking point. It. Like, We're yeah. talking flames on the yeah, stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's just she's just like a vision, you know. But like Shin concert for some reason. Shin is approachable, and she's like yeah, it's really friendly. Like that's what yeah. I do. About also, like it helps that you are really friendly. Exactly. So, like, I try and exclusively go by Danny in my personal life because, like, she's fun and, like, is chill. Whereas, like, Danielle at work is work Danielle. But I feel like Danielle, like, the E-L-L still has, like, that, like, it's girly. It's, like, flirty girly. I don't, so when I, I spell Danny, it's D-A-N-N-Y because I don't like how D-A-N-I is associated with girly in my head. Mm. So, like, I have this... Um, so you don't like to be girly. inner argument with like c- girliness mm. despite being like pretty outwardly feminine but i was a huge tomboy as a kid growing so up. was i wow yeah, yeah so it's like, bermuda it's shorts like, and like oversized oh t-shirts yeah we were just talking about uh northern getaway and northern reflections recently oh my god those yes stores. do you remember <laughs> so those clothes. stores i don't i don't think so oh, I've never my grandma bought me northern reflections exclusively for That's every hilarious. single well day. i didn't grow up here it was bermuda so shorts. for me that was like oh where yeah. you grow up yeah. dubai Oh, oh, awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I came here when I was 13, and that's when I was like, whoa, girls wear makeup here, and they wear, like, ponchos, oh. and, like, it's a dress thing. Ponchos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding. Ponchos were a thing when I was 13. Like, it was whoa. a thing. Are you talking about, like, the sweater ponchos with the stripes? 
Like the slightly culturally appropriating one? Like the stoner ponchos. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. Like something you figure, <laughs> no. picture Jason Siegel wearing. Oh, okay. No, like it's like, it's like, uh, it, it's sweater poncho for sure, but like it's got, it's like knitted or like mm-hmm. it's got like a floral pattern and like, you know, totally. one shoulder down kind totally. of vibe. Like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's when I started wearing makeup. Yeah. That's the story of my life and now we can move on. <laughs> yeah, I started wearing makeup at 13. No, and I haven't gone back. Yeah, and I love makeup. I had makeup. a really, really interesting relationship with makeup where I had to like, I like I have a hard time not wearing it. Oh, so, got it. I feel like yeah. it's me with a beard though. <laughs> I like that. You know, but like I'm kind of seriously though. I feel weird when I shave. No, my I know. Beard. That's I'm why not I because you can't see, you can't like recognize the face. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Ooh, okay, I look like a child, with a small little baby, and so. I once I started being able to grow a beard, I just didn't stop. I was like, no, this is not going anywhere. <laughs> you know why that happens? Why is that? Because you haven't unlearned. Ooh, oh, I, it's like you do this for nothing. <laughs> that transition, though. Like, that. Do you want to run our podcast? A little segue <laughs> like, action. What, so what did you? What did Welcome you want to talk about Small talk with <laughs> Ashe and Danielle. Danny. And, and Shin. Did I say Danny? <laughs> Danny. And Shin. And Shin. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to intro you, and then you were going to intro me. Wait, that means you're our intern now. Whoa. Yeah, what? We Roles have reversed. Got one. <laughs> oh, that was a turntable. There you go. Um, How would you define unlearning? Like, I'm so, I have like five million questions, and I'm trying to slow my brain down. I don't down. know if it needs a definition. Okay. I literally think, like, when you think of the word, it's like you have to let go of what you already know, what oh. you've already learned. Your preconceived notions, biases. Yeah, your assumptions. Responses. Yeah, yeah. your, like, so basically, who you are today, right, is a combination, a culmination, and like uh, a compounding effect of everything that you've learned in your past. Right. Yep. That brought you to you, which is a phenomenal human being. Right. But if you want to keep growing and you want to change, then you have to start to question and challenge all of those biases and assumptions regularly and be comfortable with that. So that then when you actually put yourself in a situation where you want to learn, it's a lot easier for your brain to absorb it. Because otherwise, when you go and see yourself in the mirror with the beard on, you're going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, without the beard, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I don't recognize that person. This is so uncomfortable. I'm not going to do this ever again. But if you almost prepped yourself beforehand, if you had told yourself like, hey, like, I just want to start to love my face the way it is. This is the way I was. This is the face God's given me, you know, like, I don't know, whatever that internal dialogue is for you. But that is so important so that then when you do shave and you do look at yourself in the mirror, you're going to have a whole new experience. Yeah. Like I, I never thought about like if you mentally kind of prep yourself, you're like, hey, this is still you. It's, you look, no matter how you look, it's still you. And you can do that after the fact, but I just don't think it's as impactful. Mm. Because, yeah, you're right, because then then you still have that first shock value immediately afterwards if you do it after the fact, right? Like, oh, God, and then you have to talk to yourself. And first impressions are so big, right? Like, if you think about, like, if you think of a TED Talk, right, and you're actually, like, watching someone, they did, like, a test on this, and they they tested on multiple things, like, likability and, like, content retention, all of that stuff, and you actually end up rating the same for a TED Talk 30 minutes in versus, like, five minutes in. Like, you're impression of the person doesn't change wow. in that period so of time you can't make an impact in the first five minutes you it's actually it. even less than that like i think it's like seven seconds or something like oh, that shit. like I there's that because of i listen to a lot of podcasts yeah where they talk about relationships and impressions and like 
certain things that you pick up on based on your experiences. And when they say like within the first minute, you can decide if yep. you like a person on a date. But a lot is based on that first impression and, and what they choose to bring to the table. But that's why it's so important for us to have that understanding of our limbic system and the frontal cortex because evolutionarily right you want to make quick judgments that's how you decide if like are you a friend or a foe do i need to run right now or not oh yeah yeah yeah. right so you need to make those quick judgments which is exactly why we do care so much about first impressions and i I guess like if we're going like evolutionary wise or biologically Mm -hmm. like a lot of that is based on appearance right like are you a tiger? Hands. Are you a tiger? Your hands are key. Well, if your hands are in your pocket and you're saying hi to me for the first time and be like, mm, I don't know if I like a Shay. I don't know if I can trust a Shay. Mm. But if I suddenly see your hands, you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then you like come in for the shake. Oh, okay. It's like, whoa, this guy's very nice and friendly. Yeah. I instantly think you're a friend. Hands. Hands. Yeah. I'm just thinking, so I've gotten like some weird, I'm a big handshake person Mm -hmm. because I like to just sort of like, it's not like an aggressive handshake if I'm meeting you personally. It's just like a, hey, like nice to meet you. And it's more of a way to invite the conversation to be like, I'm new and I'm intentionally meeting you to give you a chance to meet me and me a chance to meet you. I'm not just being like, what's up? Like, But then if I do it at like parties or in a social setting that isn't necessarily business, I've got some weird looks or people being like, oh, we're handshaking. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if it's... That's interesting because I, when I meet people for the first time, like at parties and stuff, I also handshake, like especially like friends, boyfriends I've never met or like whoever the case is. I've never once gotten like a weird... And that might be because you're a dude, but I I also am with you there because I feel the same. Really? Yes. And there are times when like, or if I'm meeting my sister's friends, so my sister is, she's doing a PhD in English. Okay. So very different crowd yeah. of people, right? right? And she's very opposite from me as well. Like they're, her friends are not really extroverted. They're kind of all introverted. And so when I go in for the handshake, it's all very like limp, not firm yeah. handshakes or like hesitant handshakes. Yeah. And I think that's just because that's like their cultural environment. So I think for people like that, I would just go in for the wave. I have wave, but I'm so awkward with yeah. waves sometimes. Like I like first waves, especially right. if I was after like, waves. I'm like, especially if I was like this far away from you, like hi. I just want to. <laughs> well, no, but like as you're approaching a person, or like yeah. if your hands are just out, you know, and be like, oh, how's it going? Like yeah, just yeah. even like that, yeah, yeah. I think is like open and how's welcoming. How's it going? <laughs> like, I get like it, you're though. running an orchestra. You <laughs> know? I get it though because you have less to hide. So when you take in the senses, except for smell, smell is still there, but it's in a separate place. Oh, okay. I, I did my research. We're, yeah, <laughs> We're not getting into that. You're well read but, on this thing. But it's all like your other senses of like touch and sight and like hearing, whatever you see, how does that get transferred, I guess, into emotion? So then mm. when you think of a certain memory, right, it has to go through a process for it to be short-term memory or long-term memory. And then that's how your brain starts to compartmentalize things. So... It's, it's a thing that's happening always in the back of your head. You don't really have to put any thinking towards it. And then the one key piece there is the hypothalamus, which is responsible for your fight or flight. And where, like, your schooling is not in science, no? no. So, like, you were just like, I, you know, what should I do in my spare time? Like, should I watch Netflix or should I, like, research <laughs> yeah. about the brain? And, like, what made you choose researching about the brain? <laughs> Honestly, okay, so for the last year and a half, I've been on this, like, incredibly long journey, it feels like. But it started, okay, now I'm even going to take you Whoa, further take back. back. Take us okay. back. So five years ago, I quit my job at L'Oreal. So I used to do mm. brand marketing there. 
I quit my job there and I got a new job and I wrote a note to myself and I said, uh, so I write, write notes to my future self all the time. So Love I wrote that. a note to myself and I was like, hey, in five years, you better have an exit strategy. Um, you want to be making your own money. You want to create your own path. Don't know what that path is. Don't know what it looks like, but you better have an exit strategy. Okay. Crazy thing is last year in July, I found this note to myself and I was like, whoa, that's insane. And the five years was coming up in September of last year. Oh, damn. Right? So it's like, yo, wake up call. Holy What's your exit strategy? Some, some kind of universal symmetry was I'm telling you, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge believer in stuff like that. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, especially when, as, yeah, like, when you could be construed in sort of the life coach area, that mm-hmm. could be a strong connection of like, the, the secret. Do you know that? Part? Yes. And it's, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see your facial expression. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I think it's a great idea to manifest things in your life. But you got to do the work. Exactly. I think that that yeah. is why yeah. I have such an issue with that when people aren't willing to also participate in that goal setting, yes. in that vision setting. Yes. Yeah. I think there's yes. power in saying things out loud to manifest, but I think the power comes from putting you in the mindset and keeping that thing top of mind. Yeah. To do to it. To do it. It's exactly. not like you were like twiddling your thumbs for five years and you're like, holy shit, I guess because this note says something I should do or it should happen. You know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Like you're just going to say something a hundred times and then it's just going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I could have been in a whole different place where I saw the note and I'm like, whoa, I'm nowhere close to figuring it out. Yeah. Right. But the cr- crazy thing was I had already started that journey. Oh, so good. So it all aligned, I right? <laughs> so then uh, well you're gonna get more goosebumps because listen to this so at that point I had just I think it was so it was right before my birthday so my birthday is August 23rd and I was like on my birthday I made a deal to myself that I was gonna create my website for butternut butternut which is my art and I'm going to launch it on my birthday oh so in that I July that. right so in that July time frame like I just I didn't know how to create a website I didn't know any of that stuff but I like got it up got it out and I got like basically my many first few sales before the September deadline that was the five-year mark Um, and then since then I was like okay so what is like my why like why why am I doing all of this like because art can't be the one thing that I go into it's just too oh I'm so curious like why are why is that it would it's okay i'm brown okay my parents like my 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 dad has engraved into me since I was a kid like hey you're either a hero or you're a zero in art Whoa. Okay, so my granddad. There's no, there's no like middle. You class can just of average. Art. You're either a just, very yeah. poor artist or you're a very rich artist. Okay. There's no like, I'm making sixty thousand dollars a year artist. You okay. Know what I mean? Um, my granddad used to be an artist in okay. India, and so uh, he was a struggling artist. Like he had five kids. Um, they were all very poor. Like it was. It was just a hard life, and so that's kind of what my dad saw. So he was like, I don't want my daughter to get into that. But do you think that, like, that could have prevented you from being, like, you could be the $150,000 Maybe. Artist? Like, you never you, know until just, you try, right? Like, okay. I don't know. So right now I'm going to, that's that's definitely one of the streams, right? Okay, so it's not that yes. you're saying no to that. You're no. just like, this can't be the My only soul. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because at the same time, like, there's skill involved. Like, I just need to become better. Like, I am pretty good where's your lane of art like art sculpting painting photography. it's like it's visual art and okay. it's on well it's on two things right now so one is on uh, acrylic on canvas Ooh. and the other one's just like a digital board like digital art where Ooh, i draw on a board cool. yeah are you yeah. on the gram can i look i am up? on the gram butternut butternut yeah i also I love it. that name and especially to launch in august it's just like a great association like i like it the nutty butter the nutty butter 
so it has obviously it has some a little to do with food, but um, it's all like yeah, very Ooh. bright. For anybody listening, it's at butternut butternut. Thank you very much for the plug. Got you. Yeah, we do our best here. This is really cool. I like this hybridness to this art. Yeah. So it's all about like conscious like living, that, basically. Who's that famous artist that does stuff like this? Oh yeah, that one. I know. <laughs> I'll get there. Somebody look it up, listeners. Look up the Instagram and help me Is out here. Banksy? So it's not a the... new concept. It's more the commentary that I'm trying to have, which is very much around conscious living. So it's oh like, God, how I are you going to be? One uh, for Pride Month. Yeah. Sorry, I just like I'm in love. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Oh, I like that one. So, okay, where we are in the journey, you launched right before that five-year, got some sales, hit the five-year. Yeah. Then were you like, now what? It was more like, this is cool and all, but I don't really have a plan still. Like, I'm not strategic about much. Um, And then at this point, I had already been saving. I had already been, like, trying to figure out when is my deadline or what do I want to do. And so what's crazy is I think, like, enough things happen in your life to like guide you to a certain point but you have no idea that they all connect until you like have that like one aha moment right i feel you on that one so i did improv i will i did theater for a lot and then i did improv um at second city such an eclectic i know it's all coming together though now which is what's fantastic about it so yeah i did improv for a year um at second city and then i auditioned for the conservatory program just like at second city Oh, you anyone can do it. You can just pay for it and you can go into like oh. level A. Oh, yeah. like the classes, not like oh, the fascinating. the classes. So then I did level A to E and then I applied for uh, the conservatory, which you have to audition for and that you get like selected into or whatever. So that I didn't expect obviously anything from it, but I got in, which was fantastic. Wow. Right? right, really. So then I did that for another year. Um, so I have like an improv background of like two years and that was like, really where I understood what unlearning meant because I had now developed this whole like corporate mindset that I didn't realize I was developing, but I, I did. And then I go into improv and all of that is being challenged. Um, and so when it come, when I came out of the conservatory program, I just felt like I had this whole new like perspective to life that I didn't really expect to have going into it. I just went in cause like, Oh, I want to have fun and shoot some shit. But I came out feeling like a whole new person. And so I wanted to share that with people at work. So I created a workshop called Improve with Improv. At that point, I had no idea of this future of facilitation and speaking and none of that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So cool. Right. And I I love speaking. That's something like I've done forever. Um, And I've been on stage multiple times. And obviously through improv, been on stage significant amount of times that I'm okay with being uncomfortable. And... uh, (laughs) And yeah, like when I started doing that, I just loved it so much that I was like, whoa, I really, really like this. And then people started discovering me. And so I got called into a university to do like a personal branding workshop, which is kind of the mix of like my marketing background plus the workshop life. And then I created that. And then I I, um, interviewed at Artscape, which is like a not-for-profit organization. And they help creative entrepreneurs get all the resources they need to start up. And so I started teaching there. And then when all of that started happening at the same time, I was like, wait, I really like this. What would my content look like? And so that's when I started creating my own workshops. And then I started like trying them out and I loved it. And so for me, like my why, and it's going to sound super cheesy, but it's basically to um, abolish my own 
limiting beliefs so that then I can inspire others to be the greatest versions of themselves so that together we can make the world a better place. I, I like know. that. I like yeah. that though. Yeah. But I like it, that it starts it's internally. Cheese. And then, because yeah. it's kind of talking, you're kind of getting at how the power starts with you. Like you can be the catalyst for change as long as you unlearn. You start by unlearning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the I talked about it on the last episode, but the biggest thing in my life that I had to unlearn was like, um, demonizing emotions mm. um, because mm. like I grew up thinking that they were horrible and I shouldn't feel them and then I like came around to like love yeah. them and now I'm obsessed with like crying and <laughs> emoting and all that stuff yeah so in your journey like what's the because I feel like you have to sort of drink your own Kool-Aid in the work that you're doing so yeah. like what did you what was the biggest thing you had to unlearn honestly for me it's like it was my ego so I have a a massive ego and right now it's diminishing by the day but like yeah I don't mean to interrupt but we've talked about this on past episodes before that like what is the difference between confidence and ego and Mm. like do you really think it was like your ego that superficial ego or was it more like you believed in your own capabilities ego like do you have where Mm, no I think that there are a lot of assumptions you make when you have a big ego so like you'll make assumptions about people being not as smart as you or you make assumptions about oh no I'm definitely above average but like you have no basis to make that uh, make that assumption you're like oh I'm totally gonna succeed but like you haven't even tried shit like no you're not (laughs) like that's that's you being cocky and I think when you get to that side of the spectrum like I have a shit ton of confidence but my ego was so big that like sometimes I'd be blinded by that and I'd just be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. Like everything will be good. But it's like, wait, hang on. You haven't done any of the work. Mm. You're not disciplined enough to do anything. So for me, it was like acknowledging like, hey, hang on. I got to start from scratch. I got to like figure this all out. So for me, like creating habits, creating a routine, waking up at six, why I do that, right? Because it's like, I have to put myself through that to know and hold myself accountable of like, yes, you're putting in the work. Yeah. And that result is more important to me than like, I just got a new client. That means nothing okay. until you've actually like had positive results. Does that make sense? Totally. What's what's the biggest thing you've unlearned? Ashe. Oh man, <laughs> put me on the spot like that. Um, I think the biggest thing I've unlearned is like setting my pride aside. Do you know what I mean? Which I think kind of goes along the, the, the same lines as, as losing, losing your ego. Yeah. But... I find that people, and especially myself, I think so, I'm going to focus on myself, I found that my, I could be very prideful in things that didn't matter. Like, sometimes when people make a joke that I know fully well is a joke, and I just, like, take it really personally, mm. and be like, oh, whatever. Or, like, I would be making decisions that would end up hurting me because I was too proud to do the thing that needed to be done. Do you know mm. what I mean? And that counts, like, emotionally. That factors into relationships, like... If you're not willing to set aside yourself and like consider the bigger picture outside of the context of what is it that I want and I need right now and what's the best thing in the situation right now, uh, then then you can find yourself in bad situations sometimes. So I think I'd set aside my pride a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I feel that's like really that's very process. similar. But like, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. It's it's, it's a lot hard. of it's a lot of I think I, correct me if you didn't find this with uh, trying to shake your ego, but I found it was a lot of like checking yourself like you, you the it's not like you don't you stop having those thoughts or those feelings when you have them you acknowledge them and be like oh okay i had this this is why am i having this this isn't something i want to continue having so let's understand why this is happening and then not a hundred percent work to move away from that. that's exactly what unlearning is because it's like 
if you can't have that conversation between your frontal cortex and your limbic system, then you, what are you like, how are we going to evolve as humans? Like, that's kind of yeah. how I think about it. It's like, we have this huge sophisticated part of our brain that is capable of all this logical thinking. Yeah. So you gotta have to shut down your limbic system sometimes or like be like, okay, well that emotion is interesting, but you're looking at everything from a, like a, a level higher. You're like kind also of like an out of body, like exactly. turn around and look in the mirror real hard. Yeah. 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 And I, I say this in one of my videos where it's like, call yourself out on your bullshit, right? Because yeah. you can lie to yourself so easily multiple oh times a day. Yes. Right? So much. Um, I'm curious if either of you have felt this, because I think we all share that sort of like outgoing, extroverted, confident, don't mind being the center of attention type people. And I struggle sometimes where I feel like I take up too much space. Mm. Um, and I like sometimes introverts, like if you just give them a little bit more time, they'll feel comfortable contributing or taking a bit of space for somebody who maybe doesn't like the center of attention, but you're able to bring them in in some way. Like how have you found tools and tricks to bring people into the conversation rather than take over that space? I think you're already asking the right questions. Like you're already aware of it. That's number one, right? Number two would be like, if you set a thought, then just pause and wait for them to add to it versus continuing on your thought. Um, and so like asking an open-ended question, like, so for me, like my partner is introverted and he's the most introverted person I've ever met really. Um, and so a lot of the times in our conversations, I realize I'm the only one talking <laughs> and then I have to pause and be like, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know? And then suddenly I'm like, whoa, you have so many opinions. But then I think when you just start to recognize like these people are as valuable as I am or like I can actually learn more from you because you think differently. Yeah. We're not like-minded. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think when that bulb goes on in your head, I think you'll naturally do it. And I think it starts from self-awareness, which you already have. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the big step is that you were already self-aware about that's something that you do. Um, the other thing I would say is that, so I also do the same thing. And I also have been like, you gotta, you gotta listen to other people every now and then, my friend. And uh, so it was, it was about listening. I was like, yo, I need to, I already know what my thoughts are. They're my thoughts. I'm having them constantly. I know what's going on in my own brain, generally speaking, because I'm talking to myself all day. What I don't know is what's going on in your guys' brains. And the only way I'm going to find out is if I shut the hell up and listen to what you're going to say <laughs> for two seconds. And then I'll figure out, oh, my brain's very different. Like you said, like yeah. we're all different people with different thoughts. Yeah. But the only way you're going to hear those thoughts is if you stop yourself for a second, right? And I think the second part of that is even if you're not talking, stop thinking about talking. You got to listen. You got to really listen to the other person who's talking. And I've said, I've said it before on the podcast that I think people are terrible at listening uh, nowadays. And, and it's so much of um, – me, me, I want to I speak. They're, they're, they're listening to respond. That statement. Right? They're listening in order to respond instead of listening for the sake of listening. You can see it in people's eye contact. You can see it in people's eye contact. They're forming that thought oh, before totally. you finish talking. Or their body language. Like if you're in the middle of saying something and, and then as you're mid-sentence, they just go... <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, and it's like, oh, I should shut up now. Do you have, should I just... Yeah. To... <laughs> should I just... You want to go ahead now? But what is the biggest thing you had to unlearn? Um, so emotions for me, like I mentioned, mm. it was really hard. Um, and like, I, I started in life really quiet, like in oh, wow. high school and I went through like a mute phase from what? like, 
like not ex- like entirely mute, but I just like couldn't talk to my peers. Mm-hmm. Like I could talk to adults and children fine, but like my own peers, I was just so silent. I was just like very insecure and I went through like a pretty heavy depression in high school. Whoa. So I like didn't understand who I was and I was trapped in my head. So I was when Ashe was like, you know your own thoughts, they were just rattling around in there and I was not verbalizing them and therefore was getting no feedback on them. And so everything that was happening in my head was true because I was never able to validate it to be untrue or different because I never vocalized any of my feelings. Totally. And my mom and dad were both very like, like I never saw them emote. And if they did, they would like do it in ways that aren't healthy. So like my dad would just get angry. That was Mm. his only method of releasing emotion and from my mom it was like i'm gonna go in my room and close the door so then i never knew i was like oh these are horrible like you shouldn't feel anything and right. so, but i had so much feeling on the inside and so then i hit university and i had this moment and maybe it was similar to that like you write something down where i was like no one knows who i am here i have an opportunity a rare opportunity in life to completely redefine who i am to a i would argue a more true version of who i am because right. i actually like let some of this out and holy smokes was it incredibly validating and then I just got addicted to it and I was like oh I'm just gonna keep talking and sharing and emoting and like bringing people into my network so it's just become something I just do that's amazing yeah that's so so good yeah and now I try and then on the flip side because I think it's great when you figure something out for yourself but like you said if we're not going to evolve if we don't actually then pay it forward um and so I try and be an advocate for like don't apologize for feeling because like if you feel it, it's not overreacting. It's not unworthy of time. Like it means it's manifesting from something for sure. So you've got to let it it deserves. Even if that time and attention is figuring out why you're feeling that way. Exactly. Whether that's like a realistic thing or not. Right. Yeah. Um, And then as we say that though, I also want to say that like when you were saying when you were a kid, like whatever your thoughts were, they were true. And that's because like we shape our own reality. Like, we can leave this podcast and I could be like, oh my gosh, that was the best podcast ever, right? Yep. And that's my thought, which is true for me. Yep. That's a real feeling that I'm having. Totally. But then for you guys, you'd be like, oh man, we never really like talked about this one thing that was terrible. We crashed and burned, right? Yeah, that's but- Shin. <laughs> that's just- uh. <laughs> never going to bring her back again. <laughs> and then you have this like negative takeaway to it. But I have no idea. But that's your reality. And that is true for you. Right. So it's like, well, whatever you're feeling is true because you're letting yourself feel that way. So if you can then take that step higher of like outer body experience, let me like look at this objectively. It's like, hmm, everything is technically neutral. How I decided to react to it was me in that situation reacting to it. And so if I now see the other perspective, that can also be true. That's big. I think what you said there is... The word decided to react to it is big because I think we've talked about this again, but you ultimately you're in control and responsible for your own thoughts and feelings and emotions. Nobody can make you feel a way that you don't want to feel or want to let them make you feel. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Your emotional If you don't want to feel something, then you need to think about that. Walk away from the situation. And walk away from the situation. Yeah. Right. I don't I had this. I don't know if it was a breakthrough because he was wasted. But my dad and I had this like really intense heart to heart over Christmas this past year where um, I had a conversation with him where he's like a very angry man. Um, and Tony, uh, don't, Tony, don't listen to this. He doesn't. I already asked him. <laughs> <laughs> Good, okay. I was like, yo, dad, do you listen to my podcast? He just paused for a really long time. He was like, 
I just feel like the subjects aren't really something I'd be interested in. I'm like, okay, Deb. <laughs> all right. All right. What Love would you, you be interested in? I don't know. <laughs> Hockey. I found okay. out my mom listens recently, not to hijack <gasps> the story, but then, so my parents are divorced and I talk about their divorce on the divorce episode. And then she texted me a couple days after it came out. She's like, hey. So I listened to your divorce episode, and that's all she said. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and then she's like, I just want to say, I thought it was really good. I thought oh, we, you guys did a really good awesome. job. And I was like, whoa, mom, you listened? She's like, Close yeah, I listened call. like six episodes now. Yay. What are you talking about? Wow. So anyway, um, you asked Tony. So uh, I talked to him, and I was like, so it's interesting. I've inherited that anger. Like, I, I see what happens to him and any situation that um, results in anger. And that happens to me. Like it's deep inside. I call it blind rage where like something will happen and it's, it's like the inside of your body is heating up and you like cannot handle how much like I could vibrate off of it. Right. But no one in my life would class, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. No one in my life would classify me as an angry person. I would. Okay. No, <laughs> we the jury find you guilty. No, no, no. no. You're, um, not, you're very much the opposite of an angry Yeah. Person, and so no one would classify me as that. And so I was having this conversation with him. I was like, I am able in that same way where you're thinking like yeah. sort of from a higher place, I will see that situation happen. Go, I know this is going to make me angry. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to step out and be like, okay, why am I angry right now? Like what is happening? And I'm able to diffuse it like a bomb, like pick out the exact things that are triggering yeah. those points. And then I'm like, okay, that was cool. We can move on from this situation. Amazing. I was like saying to him, I was like, I took the time to recognize that because I saw what you did and was like, I am not going to do that to people. Right. And also I brought in gender where I was, like it's sometimes commended as like a power thing if a male were to get angry it's like Mm -hmm, asserting dominance mm -hmm. whereas like women who are angry are considered like gross and unfeminine so i was like between the gender conversation and between my own self-awareness from what i've seen i was able to control it and manage it and i was like but you got to go through life doing it and so i was like why do we get different paths here like you were probably capable because your dad was angry mm-hmm. and you base a lot of stuff like well you should have seen what my dad did and i'm like yeah that should have made you change then and it's just an interesting conversation yeah, that we had the thing is that it should have but also you decided to right yeah i'm sure he's acknowledged that at some point but he probably hasn't made the decision to no. right whereas for no. you you totally decided to acknowledge and then make that decision and i think that was you being like hey this is my default I'm going to unlearn this. It's not going to be who I am. And now I'm going to come to this situation with completely an open mind and just like see what becomes of it. And then your frontal cortex, right, goes Mm -hmm. into like, hey, guess what? Problem solving. Like, let me figure this out. Let me pick at it. Let me diffuse it like a bomb. But that's you having a rational conversation with yourself versus letting your emotions go completely haywire, right? Yeah. Do you have, because we've talked about this too. Do you have anything that like your parents do that you're like, "Mm, I'm not going to do that because like I saw what you do. Um, not to I'm throw your parents under the bus or anything. My parents, to be honest, though, like I, I like I will, because they were born in India, they grew up in India, and they've kind of been having the immigration sort of life story as something that they've chosen to like have their daughters flourish, right? Yeah. So for me, like I was born in India, but I didn't really live there. 
grew up in Dubai, whole different place, right? And then I came here and I was 13. My parents did not understand what I was going through as a teenager. Like <laughs> one of the first paintings I did when I came to Canada was this most emo poster <laughs> that had like, oh, no. you know, like the Linkin Park, like like from Hybrid Theory, like the, the album. There's like this like really like sad looking dude and he has like really big eyes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I drew him and then there was like this giant like oct- octopus like tentacle like, like coming out from behind him and like it said the word die on it oh, oh damn it was, oh yeah you committed oh, to the emo in, bit i did uh, for a whole year um it was very, very so my parents had no idea which is why it's very difficult for me to answer that because it's like they're literally just different humans they have very different understanding of like what life should be like and i think they've come a long way because we've had those conversations with them of like this is kind of how we like this is kind of how people do it here and like this is the type of thinking that i'm learning in school so like i've kind of challenged them to become more liberal i guess um but they were very conservative in their thinking beforehand so now if i tell my parents hey i want to pursue art they're like go for it but whoa i know but like whatever how, how, how long was that nine years ago when i was starting university it was in like no way no i can i can definitely relate to that i think my parents have gone through a similar transformation in that time, I think they might not be as liberal as yours have become, but that's also probably because I haven't put in as much work as you and your sisters maybe put in on that front. Me mainly. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no my sister is also, she's At. also like, she's doing PhD in English. Like, how many like brown kids do that, you know? Facts. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the fact that she's going to have a doctor in front of her name really excites <laughs> my parents. Yeah. Right? It's like, ooh, our kid's a doctor. You said doctor. You didn't <laughs> say what kind. Exactly. I feel, like, I feel like that was a very valid argument in the family that we've had. What? I'm not, like, you said doctor. You didn't specify what kind. <laughs> Is your significant other Indian? No. Did your parents have any issues with that? Mm, no not really like it was just kind of like i've been in enough like relationships that they know that when i bring someone home or like i'm like hey i'm introducing you to somebody that like this person is important enough yeah Yeah. and like i don't i wouldn't introduce like the random people that i've gone on dates with it's more like i'm serious about this person like i want to you know make you meet them so yeah they're we talk a lot like I tell my parents everything so like they knew when I first started dating him and like what that was like and they we've we've had very open conversations about it so they've been like hey just make sure that this won't be a concern in the future but it's like I'm not really Indian to be honest like I don't actually like identify that much with the Indian culture um and I don't think he would classify himself as like a super white person (laughs) i don't even know what that means (laughs) but yeah so like both of us have our own like values and i think that's what's important um versus yeah uh did you in terms of unlearning sorry i'm hijacking like a lot of questions again jump over me you're doing great questions okay (laughs) um in terms of unlearning you talked about your is are you married no okay um, so your significant other is introverted, a little bit like complex. You had to like get to know him a little bit to like really appreciate the layers, the onions and stuff like that. Did you like, did you ever see yourself with the kind of person your significant other is? Like, was that a yeah, shock? Yeah, that's such a good unlearn, question. Like- <laughs> that is such a good question. Um, I had to unlearn everything I knew about relationships. So I think so from so my last relationship and even the ones before that, I was with extroverts only. 
Um, one of the guys was kind of an introvert, but that was like a whole different situation. But um, and they've been like long relationships and they've been very like minded. And so we've wanted to do the same things. But I realized that that became very codependent because you end up just with each other all the time. Yeah. And then it's very like argumentative or like you start to get irritated with each other's quirks and all of that. But anyways, with this relationship, it was different first because I was like, whoa, you think so differently. I think that was the first thing I would say I was attracted to the most. It was just like the intellectual conversation. And we went right into no small talk into like the. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we went into like super intellectual conversations about like life and like, what are we doing to actually like get to the, the self that we want to be in the future. Oh, on the first date. (laughs) This was even before we were dating. Oh, uh, I love, okay. So this is like the big thing that I've talked about a lot is like, it would be great to be best friends with your significant other before you actually start dating. It just like, yeah, it I helps. mean, but also like attraction though. Right. So like, yeah. so like you can't, I feel like you can't really be friends when you're attracted to someone. Cause it's like, ugh, I like you physically and mentally and then it's like okay well we should just date yeah <laughs> those are those are the two things <laughs> there's no more two things, things there's no more things exactly. i like them both and then after that you decide of like oh shit you got the same values as me oh crap uh, you want the same sort of future okay. you want two kids too okay. damn <laughs> you know what i mean damn, mom. Okay. <laughs> that's what i'm saying so yeah like it was really really hard i mean our first dates were like so different they were weird we just talked and talked and talked and talked and my brain hurt like I came home with a headache. <laughs> and I actually was like, I really enjoyed those conversations, but I can't. I can't take it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. And then just like not spending enough time with each other was at first a difficult, t- a difficult thing for me to grasp. I'm like, maybe he just doesn't like spending time with me. But it's more like, oh. no, he gets his energy from being alone. Mm-hmm. And I get my energy from being with people. So I need to surround myself with other people, not necessarily him all the time. So then I would like start going out with my friends or like making plans with my family. Um, which was different from my previous relationship. It's like they are my world and they become my universe. Whereas here we have our own lives, but then we have a life that we're co-creating together. So what are we talking about? Well, I really liked the uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I think that's really powerful for unlearning is getting comfortable in that uncomfortable space because we've like between religion and actually this podcast has been really helpful for that. Yeah, for real. Because I'll have guests say something and I'm like, Ooh, I could either listen and open my mind or stretch it out a little bit, or I could just like talk and respond to like what I'm conditioned to do. Um, so it's like in the spaces of like racism, politics and religion and like, the fuck small talk energy that I've adopted has really helped put me in those uncomfortable spaces. Also dating like first dates where you don't know them. Like Mm -hmm. that's super uncomfortable, but it Mm -hmm. has helped me then in every part of my life be more sociable, but in a really constructive way. And it's just like, it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't think that growth comes from a place of comfort. You know what I mean? I feel like to grow, you need to be uncomfortable. Just like when you're at the gym and, Two days later, you're sore and your muscles are, are uncomfortable, but then Ooh, they grow like because of that. It's the, I think it's the same. Yeah, I think it's the same with your with your soul and your your brain and your thought processes, right? If you're just putting yourself in an environment, like, for example, people surround themselves with yes men all the time. Or like, you know what I mean? Yep. If you're in an environment where everything's good and peachy all the time, then there's no change. There's no growth. Yeah, I have a couple friends who will be like, yeah, I'm like not feeling great. But, like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, I'll be fine, and I'm just happy, and it'll be okay. And that sort of, like, 
rush to get back to that peach keen, like not. Yeah. It's like it's okay. Just have like. You can simmer in it a bit. Spaces. Yeah, you can simmer in the discomfort. Mm-hmm. You'll learn how to how you react when you're uncomfortable. And or when people yeah. change the yourself. subject really quickly when it gets too intense. It's like, mm, mm. fascinating. You don't know. No, like I think this. you guys like are nailing it like so on the head. And it's like with improv, it's like this thing called yes anding, right? So it's yes. like yep. when you are yeah. yes and. Um, <laughs> so for example, when you are in that uncomfortable situation, our fight or flight response goes off and then you want to like get out of there. But if you actually stay and say, hey, okay, everything that I know is not going to help me right now. So just forget about it. I'm going to let go. And I'm going to make space for whatever this new thing is that's going to come into my life. And then when you actually are alert in that moment, I was explaining to Ashay a little bit before that it's kind of like meditative because you're, mm. you're so on when you get to that. Okay, I've, you're comfortable in that. Unle- like, hey, I've unlearned. I'm now open for whatever's coming at me versus having things thrown at you and then just being like, eh, I don't want it. Yeah. Um, and then you're open and absorbing whatever's coming at you. You're so alert to the point where like you're actually like you're vibrating at a different frequency where when you when that comes at you, you're absorbing it, but not only absorbing it to then apply it later on in different situations in your life versus just like, oh, I took improv. Now I know how to do improv, but I took improv and now I have these skills that I can now use in different ways. Totally. Um, so for me, like with, I've never, I don't like meditate. I don't really like Same, it. Same, neither do I, but people keep telling me to do it. Yeah, so I started this 30 day meditation thing. So oh. when I first started it, it was like 10 minutes. I was like, this is garbage. I'm just getting a random, <laughs> random amount of thoughts in my head and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I don't like, and so I was resistant to unlearning being still. Because yeah. I don't know how to do that. Same. I cannot be still. Same. So then I was like, okay, now we're going to do 15 minutes. So I pushed myself even further. Of like, listen, it's just a journey. You're just going to just let it happen. And then I kept focusing on my breath regardless of what thoughts were coming. And I got to this like, I don't can't even explain it properly with words. But it's like such a Zen moment where you're just being. And you're not in the present. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. You're just... In that, like, I guess it's, I guess it's the present, but it's not, it's like a micro moment that's like in this one millisecond of time, I'm so on, I'm like just alert. It's like, it's like I have this sense of clarity that I don't have otherwise. And that was amazing, but it only came after the 10 minute mark. Hmm. And then yesterday I tried a 20 minute one, but I'm going to keep trying more and more. But the time now doesn't feel like it's that long. It's almost like when the alarm goes off, I'm just like, whoa, that was it. Like, I could have done that more. Do you use any tools like a guided meditation no. at all? No, just, just like breathing. in your own. Hmm. Yeah. I had a moment. It was a few months ago. I've been like, since I was ramping down my previous job and starting a new job, there was yeah. like, a, I have anxiety and there was just like a ton of overwhelming anxiety in that. I was launching the podcast. It was just like yeah. a lot of life change and a lot of go, go, go. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that reflective, like just be in your own head space. And I had this moment where I did something that I didn't even realize I used to do when I was a kid as a coping mechanism. And I did it and it it hit me where I did have that moment of clarity where I was like, whoa, I just sort of like on auto drive did this and had that sort of Zen moment of just like breathing peace. And I was like, this is so cool. I didn't even know that yeah. like because you don't recognize when you're a kid, but it was um, at night. 
uh, staring out the window with like no sounds, like no music, no nothing in the complete dark. Like my apartment's completely dark. Um, And just like breathing that fresh air, like just standing close and sitting cross-legged at the window. But it was a cool realization that like I would love to incorporate more into my life. And that's the truth though. Like you don't have to meditate like sitting down quiet. Like I technically get to that same Zen moment when I'm swimming laps and I just do that back and forth like for an hour and you get like so focused in the moment of like this is what I'm doing right now that you don't really care about anything else that's happening and it just it makes you better in terms of your pacing you understand your form better your breathing's on point like it's just you're I don't know you just get to like the next level which is amazing do you have Zen moments? Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, so I, I enjoy meditating, and it's Ooh. something I've, I've been doing, and I do like doing. I'm not good at it. In that, <laughs> I like the honesty. In that, I do have a lot of those thoughts come in, but then I try to just like every time one comes in, I'm like, okay, what's my where's my breath at? What am I doing with my breath? Yeah, and I just kind of try to refocus myself. I've never, I can't say I've gotten to that point of like totally Zen. I've fallen asleep a couple times. <laughs> um, when are you doing this? Are you doing this at night? I used to do it in the evenings. Interesting. I used to do it in the evenings. Try to do it when you're like I did it in the mornings super, for a while. Try to do it like midday. Because I, I have also fallen asleep at night. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? And in the mornings, you don't want to really, you're no, having trouble waking up. I'm already room. high energy kind of. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I want to go do things. Like this yeah. is a waste of my time. But yeah. midday, I feel like it's really, especially after coming back from work. Ooh, maybe I'll try that. It's a nice little like, get all that shit out of your head. Yeah. Recalibrate. I'm home now. Mm-hmm. Work is at work. Home is home. It's a nice little break in between. Yeah. I like that. I should try that. I mean, I probably won't have that life anymore. Being an entrepreneur, work is all the time. True. I was just reading an article about the blend of work and home life is like non-existent anymore because of phones, technology, um, the the with like the global world, how time zones are a thing. And if somebody is in their business hours in Australia, them emailing you at whatever time it is i don't know what the time change is is actually okay for them but then you're getting that email at a weird time for you and you're still looking at it and answering it so it's like interesting how we're just never really separate anymore but that's why we have to be so conscious about turning it on and off which Mm -hmm. is why like the routine for me is big when i'm going into this entrepreneurial life of like waking up working out Mm -hmm. not looking at my phone yeah until i'm done all of that and then i start checking my phone of like okay this is what's happening in the day so i I was going to make a point of like you talking about that zen moment sorry to come back to it but like when you're just fully in that moment i think there's benefits to that outside of just your own mental health and your own mental stability right like sometimes you some of the most inspirational and like empowering people i've been around they have this magic about them that when you're talking to them you feel like you're the only thing in the world that matters to them in that moment you're the only person they don't care about anything or anyone else they're just talking to you right now Mm -hmm. and like for people like and these people are like CEOs or CFOs and for that to be a thing is so incredible and I think that you necessarily you can't necessarily get there unless you learn you unlearn how to think about everything at the same time and figure out how to be in the moment which I think is part of what you said like is being zen right if you can if you can control your focus to that extent to be like hey this is what I'm doing right now none, none of the other stuff matters it's going to change the way you make an impact on other people not just on yourself a hundred percent but even think about like when we're eating food how many of us are eating food and watching tv at the same time yeah how many of us are like talking to someone, but like also kind of glancing at our phone whenever it vibrates? Yeah. Like it's, we are constantly multitasking. Yeah. Multitasking has been proven to be unproductive. You actually get less out of the work you're doing and you, it's not 
commendable to do 5 million things at once where you're doing those at 80% rather than doing one at a time with 100% dedication because you're actually able to power out so much. And like you said, in those personal connections, you're able to make that person truly feel because it is true. You're not faking it. You're just like, I am truly listening to you right now. Um, do we want to do big talk small whoa, summary it's like we are on the whoa. same wavelength what? it's like we've done a podcast or two before <laughs> together uh, are you familiar with our end no, of segment no. segment so we end our episodes with this segment called <laughs> big talk. I don't know sorry, what you said sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we end our episodes with this segment called big talk small summary which basically we pick a word or a phrase that describes what like summarizes our point basically from this episode oh like God. a key so, message yes a key it's message. intimidating so each of us go around and right do away. it who wants to start i you can all just kind of have marinate one if you want go ahead okay, go for it. okay and it actually comes from something that we didn't necessarily fixate on but you mentioned something at the end that caused me to think and then like this whole episode sort of been around this but i think that i would say define your authenticity mm. And this whole episode is talking about like unlearning. So like finding what is like what you want to define your true self as. And like maybe that's an evolving rolling definition. But like define your own authenticity is something Mm -hmm. that I think people should always be cognizant of. And always, like you said earlier, Ashay, check yourself. Like constantly check in and be like, hey, is this the truly the person, the human I want to put forward in the world? And what else can I learn to define that? that yeah. core soul yeah yeah, you, yeah well i was gonna i she kind of like spurred my, my ooh, mind ooh, ooh. so i was gonna say i was gonna say call yourself out on your bullshit i think that's the one thing where it's like because when we talk about the, our brains fighting right like the, the limbic system and the frontal cortex it's like it's that's all you're doing you're just having an internal conversation with yourself and when you can check yourself and not lie to yourself and be truly authentic in who you are and have that self-awareness game be strong you can unlearn, learn, apply. You just like continuously grow to like a whole nother level because you're just that in tune with what is happening in every moment in your past, present and who you want to be ultimately. I like that. I like that. Um, my uh, big talk small summary is that read books like Shin so you can become smart like Shin. No. <laughs> um, and use words like, I still don't know what that other cortex is called. What's the back one called? It's limbic system. Limbic system. Thank you. <laughs> I keep going to lymphatic. I know it's a whole other thing. I'm like, that's not it. <sighs> Science. Um, so I want my big talk small summary to be about opening yourself up. Because I think part of unlearning is really making yourself more vulnerable, right? Your preconceived notions, your biases, your thoughts, your like, ro- not robotic, but pre-programmed reactions are all kind of this veil that you put between you and the thing in front of you that protects your inner self from whatever's coming at you right and i think that being vulnerable unlearning those things putting those aside for a second and letting whatever's in front of you really impact you and hit you and and feeling it is immensely powerful and that's going to create a lot of growth so i think it's about i think my big talk small summary is vulnerability Ooh, um thank you so Wait, don't put it down. We're going to say thank you to Shin. Thank you so much, Shin. This was incredibly stimulating conversation. It really was. I feel like we did a really good balance of us all talking, giving, and sharing our experiences, Mm -hmm. which is like the point of this podcast. So thank you so much. It was a very engaging conversation. Thank you for having me, guys. Udabomb.com. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, you can shoot us an email 
by emailing fsmalltalk at gmail.com, reach out to us on Instagram at fsmalltalk, or visit our website, fsmalltalk.com. We wanted to give a big thank you to our lovely and talented friend Ada for the musical considerations. She's an amazing up-and-coming independent recording artist specializing in R&B, pop, and funk. She's available for collabs and shows, so if you liked what you heard, simply hit her up on Instagram at Ada So Live. That's at A-I-D-A So Live. If you want to hear more of her stuff, you can find her at soundcloud.com forward slash Ada So Live. That's soundcloud.com forward slash A-I-D-A So Live. She's amazing, so definitely go check her out. A big thank you also goes out to Lonnie for producing the awesome track you heard. He is an R&B and hip-hop producer who's worked with major artists, including Drake, Beyonce, and Lil Wayne. He's available to work with at his Toronto studio, so if you're interested, simply check him out on Instagram at HitHouseToronto. That's at HitHouseToronto. So again, big thank you to Ada and Lonnie. This podcast was brought to you by us. And also beer. And also coffee. Because what is sleep even? Also, hi mom. Love you.